Hello and welcome to the patient world. Today we have a special guest and this is Ms. Alison Vlad. Welcome to the show, Alison. Oh, thank you so much, Anne, for having me on your podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, great. We can't wait to hear what you have to share with us. Let's get started by having you talk about what you do. Yes, I am a, a registered nutritional therapist. Uh, so I work um, with nutritional science, really. So evidence-based nutritional science to improve people's health. And what I do is I specialize in women's health, uh, specifically women going through perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause, so the, the whole menopause transition. Uh, because this can be a very difficult time for some women. And, you know, you really need to, I would say, you really need to look after yourself better at this time in your life. So I, I specialise using the power of nutrition, mindset and lifestyle modifications to improve people's health so that they can thrive through this time in their in their lives. Okay, great. So what specific tips do you want to tell the audience today about how they can thrive and live better, happier lives? Gosh, that, that's a that's a big question. Loaded question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the most important thing to do initially is really to explain what menopause is, and and, and I know that there's so many people out there that think that they understand what menopause is, but it's been shown that there's a really quite high percentage of women that we don't truly understand what what this is because we don't talk about it uh, enough. So what what it, the menopause transition is? There's there's different phases. The first one is perimenopause, and perimenopause on average starts around the age of forty five, and this really is where your hormones start to become unbalanced. Uh, Estrogen, progesterone can be all over the place, and what happens then is this can trigger off you know your classic menopausal symptoms like the hot flashes, um, night sweats problems sleeping, weight gain, itchy skin. I mean, the, the list goes on. There's over 40 different uh, menopausal symptoms. It's very individual. Every woman experiences it differently. So that's perimenopause. So everything, you're still menstruating and you're still fertile, but everything just gets a bit unbalanced. And the phase after that is your, your hormone, estrogen and progesterone will gradually decline and when you haven't had a menstruation for a year then you're actually in what we call menopause and you know if you think of the word menopause it's meno which means menstruation and pause is is pausing the stopping of so you no longer menstruate so you don't have a period every month and you're no longer fertile and that is menopause and then all the time after that is what we call postmenopause. So, I mean, that's the the rest of a woman's life. And, you know, we're living so much longer now. It can be 30 plus, plus years. So that's really a very brief description of menopause. So what we need to think about, what, what I work with with my clients is, you know, really getting to the the root causes of why they're feeling the way that they are. I work with the, the functional medicine model, which is where you you look at the whole body, you look at the whole person. Because, you know, you've got the nutrition piece, you've got the lifestyle piece, you've got the mindset. So there's many different factors that come into play to, to improve your health during this, this time. I think one key thing as well is that we have to understand how important 
estrogen is for the female well and the male i mean males have estrogen as well but the female body we need estrogen it, it really is not just a sex hormone you know it's it's um what we call a master hormone it's it's so important for our metabolism you know our metabolic health it's important for bone health heart health uh there's some very interesting research coming out at the moment about brain health um dementia uh risk etc due to the decline of estrogen so it's a key hormone so it's not so strange when we when we go through menopause that we can actually feel quite terrible uh, because it's so important for so many different systems in our in our bodies so what can you do well again it's very individual but when we if we look at nutrition you really want to work on eating whole foods um, and, and what does that mean that really means removing non-nutritious foods from your diet so foods that, that you know the highly refined processed uh full of sugar full of damaged fats because they are detrimental for your health unfortunately we're living in in um, what we call like a toxic food environment because there is so much of this non-nutritious food everywhere you know, no matter where you go, there's food uh, that's highly refined, full of sugar. And what happens when we eat these sort of foods is it it has many detrimental effects for health. But when we when we're looking at menopause, you know, it's been shown to trigger off menopausal symptoms, especially uh, hot flashes, you know, weight gain, etc. Because it's it's so high in sugar and it raises our blood sugar. And, and when we're talking about uh, blood sugar balance, again, estrogen is needed to help uh, our metabolism, our, our metabolic health. And when we have lower levels of estrogen, we can't handle so much sugar. We find that our we can have a, a dysregulation in our blood sugar. So and this can lead to what we call insulin resistance. And this is re really where the hormone called insulin, which is our, our hormone in the body that helps us utilize glucose, which is the energy in, in, in the, when we've eaten sugary foods and carbohydrates, the body doesn't respond to that as it should. So I like to liken it to the, to the lock and key. You know, the key is the insulin, which is the hormone and, and the lock on the cell doesn't open with the key anymore because basically your blood sugar has been high for so long. So, this can become a problem because if left um, untreated, it can lead to uh, diabetes too. And again, we're more susceptible to this as we get older as women. So eating foods to balance blood sugar, which again means whole food. So if, you, if you're eating food that comes in a packet with 10, 20, 30 different ingredients, you're not eating nutritious food. A lot of these foods are you know, they're damaged, they're, they're chemical based. Your body can't utilize that nutrition. Whole foods, food, when you look at it, you know what it is, like a piece of broccoli, a chicken, a piece of soya. That, that's how we should eat. Uh, actually, yeah. I actually did an um, article the other day on how you should eat like your grandmother 
or grandmothers did. And it was really interesting writing that because it made me reflect on my grandmother and what she used to eat. And it was, some, you know, they didn't have organic foods because nothing was processed and refined and, and sprayed with pesticides, etc. Imagine that, isn't it? Like these days, you pick up a, a label and you read it and you can't even pronounce half of the ingredients in there. So, yeah, we have definitely laden our foods um, with a lot of chemicals that our bodies don't need. And certainly over time, with all these things that build up, they definitely have the potential to have some very significant health effects. So, uh, absolutely, the whole foods are vital. And we do need to get back to the basics. And everybody wants the, this is quick, let me do it this way. I can go to the store and pick this up. And um, there's even evidence that some of the packaging that we get these processed foods in have chemicals that end up in our bodies. And it just goes on and on. Uh, it's so true what you say. And I think we really do have to go back to basics because we, you know, you can see that the health of like global health has deteriorated so much. Yes. Um, you know, one aspect of that is the nutrition and the food that we are eating, uh, definitely, because it's so detrimental to health. But what, what we need to do is eat whole foods, as menopausal women. We have to take care of ourselves. You know, you can't get away with how you behave when you were 20 or 30. It just doesn't work. I mean, I'm perimenopausal. I've, I've had symptoms. I obviously manage them very well. But if, for example, you know, you're, you're at a party and you have a couple of glasses of wine, you really feel the, the, that the next day. Uh, so eating whole foods is crucial. Uh, limiting alcohol or avoiding alcohol. A lot of my, the clients that I work with, you know, we all like the old glass of wine. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But they've stopped drinking because they say it's just not worth it because your body actually can't break down and metabolize alcohol like it did when you were younger and so many women I think all of my friends and the women in in my circle nobody can they just I can't drink anymore it just isn't worth it it affects your sleep you know you you feel almost hung over after one glass of wine and it also has been shown in research to trigger off menopausal symptoms you know hot flashes night sweats uh, anxiety Men, alcohol is not the friend of a menopausal woman so really reducing that is, is key and another thing that that is very interesting is there's there's um, a group of nutrients called phytoestrogens and these are really plant estrogens uh, and they have a similar chemical structure to the our estrogen in in our body it's not the same but it's similar and it's been shown that these can help manage menopausal symptoms such as, you know, hot flashes, night sweats, they're the more common ones. But women have felt better if they include phytoestrogens in their diet. And a good, very good source of these are things like uh, flax seeds, uh, beans, uh, nuts, seeds. They all they all contain and soya products contain uh, phytoestrogens. One thing I would say about soya, though, if you're going to eat soya products, really try to buy uh, organic uh, because soya is a is a nutrient that is highly uh, sprayed and, and 
modified as well. So really try to buy a good quality uh, soya, but that is rich in phytoestrogens and that they're, they're really great to help reduce menopausal symptoms. And, and they're delicious. They're, they're really easy to incorporate into your daily uh, diet. Another area that you really need to, to look at uh, during menopause is, is your digestion, so your gut health. Again, estrogen is needed for the integrity of the gut. And, and we see when the levels decline that, you know, you can start getting constipation. Uh, irritable bowel syndrome increases in women as, as we get older. And it also affects the uh, gut bacteria. So the microbiome in the gut is affected by the decline in estrogen. And it's fascinating. There's actually a group of um, gut bacteria called estabolome. And they found that this particular a group of gut bacteria is needed for the metabolism and the modulation of estrogen. Uh, so we really need our gut bugs. And, and how do we keep them happy? We, we need to eat uh, fermented foods. So what we call probiotics, uh, things like sauerkraut, uh, kimchi, kefir, all, all sorts of fermented vegetables, because they have the wonderful uh, gut bugs that that are uh, digestive tract likes i try to eat at least a tablespoon of kimchi every day because it can be quite hard to incorporate that into your diet if you're if you're not used to eating those sorts of foods uh, so really it's really finding what you like and, and trying to just eat a little bit of that every day to to look after your gut bacteria so that the the gut health is is key because really you know, your digestion, your gut health is is so, um, you know, we see that if you haven't got good digestion, you can't absorb the nutrients that you need. So you may become deficient. So it's all kind of a knock on effect. So looking after the gut is, is, is very important. You know, we talk a lot about how the gut, uh, we talk about how the brain is so important to how things function, but they're also talking about how the gut is the center as well, because just imagine if you get anxious, you don't necessarily feel it in your head, you feel it in your gut. Um, just how you absorb foods, uh, all of those things are so vital and so important. And a lot of information and emphasis is now being placed on gut health. And so all those tips are extremely important because we used to not pay that much attention you know, to this, but now it's obvious, you know, the gut needs more attention. The gut needs to be respected, so to speak. And, you know, there, there are so many organisms um, that break down the foods and the gut lining is important, but, you know, the gut is the key to so many things. Yes, it, it really is. I mean, that when I work with clients, that's really what we focus on first, because it just... Once you get the gut working efficiently, it it just as you said, Anne, it affects every part of the body and brain health as well. You feel so much better if your gut's working uh, as it should. So yeah, absolutely, that's a really key area, and it can be affected by the hormone decline in in, in menopause. Another key thing that we we don't as women eat enough of, but we certainly need more of it when we come into uh, when we age as women is protein we do, we don't actually eat enough protein and 
you really should be aiming for around a palm size of protein with every meal because protein is the building blocks of the body. And as we get older, we lose muscle mass uh, and we also um, have a decline in our bone health. So and we're more at risk of um, suffering from osteoporosis. Uh, so really eating protein is, is, is important for everything, but it's really important for menopausal women because keeping our muscles strong and healthy is key for our metabolic health and for our overall health. And protein sources, things like, you know, meat, uh, poultry, fish. Uh, if you're vegetarian, you want to be looking at beans, nuts, seeds, soya products. Uh, so there's lots of wonderful healthy proteins but it's something that we don't eat enough of uh, it generally in in society so it's it's key and it's also interesting with protein if you do eat enough protein you're more uh, satisfied so it's actually key in weight management uh, because you can't when you think about protein you can't actually eat a lot of protein you become full quite quickly with protein and it really helps with blood sugar balance as well so you you don't get those cravings so protein is is, is really a, a key element in in when we're looking at a balanced plate you really want to have a, a palm size of protein on, on on every meal and then healthy fats and and I know fat, I know that the era that, that I grew up in, fat was was like a swear word. It, like mm-hmm. nobody ate fat. It was taken out of all foods um, and, and sugar replaced that, you know, the, the high carbohydrate foods that we still see now. But we have understood that we need fat. Uh, we need the, the we need healthy fats. There's differences in the sort of fats. There's nothing wrong with healthy fat. We want to be avoiding the damaged fat, the, the highly refined seed oils, um, because they, they're they damaged oils and our body doesn't know what to do with them and it can cause inflammation in the system. Healthy fats with every meal, things like avocados, olive oil, uh, nuts and seeds, uh, butter, coconut oil, ghee, all all those lovely healthy fats, because fats really are what we need to make hormones. Uh, we need fat to, to make cholesterol, and cholesterol is something that we need in our body. It's, it's a crucial element of, of our health. Uh, I know cholesterol is another huge topic, isn't it, that you could do a whole podcast on that. But... it can't do without it so if, if it's the wrong cholesterol and excess yes but your body needs it uh, to manufacture some important components yeah so really looking at fats and, and trying to incorporate healthy fats into every meal as well roughly around a, a, a tablespoon of fat with with every meal but again that helps with blood sugar balance you, you become very satisfied when you eat fat and it's also delicious to have these wonderful fats in incorporated into your diet when you when we look at research the diet the diet that always comes up top is the mediterranean style diet and this incorporates all your wonderful healthy fats your proteins your nuts and seeds vegetables very very little sugar no refined foods uh so it's 
that style of diet of eating for uh, menopausal women has been shown to be very beneficial. And it's not it's not restriction. I'm certainly not into restriction when we talk about nutrition. It's just choosing to eat nutritious foods and, and choosing not to eat the foods that don't nourish and, and nurture your, your body. So Mediterranean style diet is is um, crucial. And then things like portion control. Unfortunately, as we get older as women, we can not not all women, but we do tend to gain fat around the abdomen area. We we go from what we call like a, a pear shape to to an apple. And this can be due to the, the hormone changes uh, in our in our bodies as we get older, the decline in estrogen uh, testosterone can become slightly more dominant in this time because of the decline in estrogen. And we get this, just this area around the stomach that we never had before. So we really have to think that we can't quite eat as much as we did when we were younger. So I think if you're eating nutritious, delicious foods, you don't need to have a huge amount. You know, you, you, you fill your plate, but really be mindful of how much you eat because it's very easy, isn't it, to just go back and have seconds before you've actually really thought about do I do I need to eat anymore? Absolutely, and, a lot know. of us have that problem. Yeah, because food's delicious, isn't it? <laughs> very satisfying. Yeah, um, they say that. You, when you've eaten a meal, it takes around 20 minutes, you know, before that actually hits your system and, and you uh, release. There's, there's a hormone called uh, leptin, which is the hormone that tells us, OK, you've eaten enough. Now we're satisfied. You can stop eating. But it takes a while for that signaling to happen. So rather than going back for seconds immediately, if if you wait 20 minutes and let the food you know, digest in your system, then you you do normally feel satisfied. So I think it's just being a bit patient, not rushing back straight away to, to get seconds. So looking at another aspect of nutrition, and I know this is quite a basic thing, but we need to drink water. And it's something that I say to all my clients, but do we do, do we drink enough water? We all know that we need to drink water, but we don't do it. We're all busy. You know, you forget. But that is so crucial. And it's so crucial for, for health in general. But it's really important for menopausal women because we really need to just keep our system hydrated for gut health, for brain health. It's difficult to say exactly how much water you need to drink because it's all dependent on how active you are. I mean, if you're if you're doing a lot of physical exercise, you would need more water. But on a rough average amount is eight to eight glasses of water uh, a day. So that's roughly about two liters of, of water a day. And also think about the sort of things that you're drinking. You know, when, when I'm talking about water, I'm talking about like water, not not things, you know, like with sugary drinks, mm -hmm. uh, energy drinks, fizzy drinks, high in sugar and just shoot your blood sugar up. So really finding ways to drink water, you can have little bits of fruit. It's quite nice to have if you've got like frozen strawberries in the freezer. You know, you can make water quite nice. It doesn't just have to be Absolutely. plain water. Cucumber water, 
Lemon water, all sorts of things you can do because water is bland. But certainly if you add, you know, you spruce it up a little bit, you can really, you know, it's really worthwhile. So you're saying on average eight, eight ounce glasses of water a day is the average. Yeah. Unless you do, unless you're very physically active and, you you know, you're perspiring a lot, then you would need, you would need more. So water is key. So really, I think just focusing what what I say to some people is to have a have a jug in the fridge with, you know, a full jug. And then you can see throughout the day how much you've drunk because it's quite easy to forget, isn't it? You know, you maybe have a, a glass there and you think, oh, did I have I drunk two or three? If you have a, a jug in the fridge, you can just drink that and then you think well I've actually drunk that all today so that you know it's it's nice to see how much you've actually actually drunk I recently started doing that That, that's very helpful because I want uh, I need to have two during the day so when I fill it up and then I'm done midway through the day and I fill it up again and I know by the end of the day if I've had that as well then I've met my goal so certainly you know, we are very busy people. So if you know exactly what you want to get in a day, then it certainly makes it a whole lot easier to actually do it. Yeah. So that's nutrition. I mean, nutrition, there's many things that I could, I could talk for hours about nutrition. But and, and then when you look at the, that's the nutrition piece, but you've also got the, the lifestyle piece. And, and the key thing for menopausal health is stress management. It's so important for for us to look after ourselves and really accepting that you're you're in this phase in your life and you need to take more care of yourself because we are it it feels like in society we're we're all stressed you know there's a, there's a yes, everyone yes. seems to be chronically stressed and it is so detrimental for health so detrimental and again it triggers off menopausal symptoms when we're constantly stressed and we, we produce uh, stress hormones, one in particular cortisol, this raises blood sugar. Uh, it is very hard to lose, manage weight if you're constantly stressed because cortisol, the, the stress hormone, actually is a fat storing hormone. So when I work with clients for weight management, stress management is actually one of the first things that we work on. Because no matter how good your diet is, if you're constantly stressed, it's actually very difficult to lose weight. Uh, stress management is is a huge area. And I think the most important thing to think about with that is to find something that works for you. Because the majority of ladies that I work with are already quite stressed, already overwhelmed. And the last thing they need is me saying to them, okay, I want you to go and do an hour's yoga a day. I want you to meditate 30 minutes every morning. They they just won't do it. It's just not possible. So really finding little things throughout the day that you can do, five minutes of your day. One brilliant thing that I find that, that works for me and for many other people is breathing. Just something as simple as breathing exercises. Deep breathing is so beneficial. It does it's so difficult or it's virtually impossible to be stressed when you're deep breathing because it sends signals to your brain that everything is okay it it really is a a great tool to have in your toolkit to reduce stress because you can do it when you're sat at your desk you know it's very easy to do without anyone knowing that you're doing it 
-hmm. and there are many different techniques of of breathing but just really breathing in and out slowly is enough to calm you down and then doing things five minutes a day something as simple as just going and sitting somewhere looking out of the window and drinking a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or, or whatever your your preferred drink is and just relaxing and, and switching off we're constantly stimulated by all the technology that we have around us and it Absolutely. is so important to to step back from that and I've really seen that in myself because I, I I try to practice what I preach and on on Sundays I have Every Sunday I have a, a day where I turn my phone off. Uh, I don't do any work. I, I t- you know, turn my computer off and really just spend time with family and friends out in nature. And I can't say to you how reviving that is. It really is. I think it's so important to switch off. You know, even if you can't do it for a whole day, do start with an hour. Start with half an hour. Because stress management is, it you know, is key for your long-term health. And, and if you don't learn to manage stress, then you will eventually have to because you will, it will be so detrimental for, for your health. So stress management is, is really key. Another area that is so important for, for menopausal health is sleep. Uh, you know, we, we're really starting to understand how important sleep is for us and I know again when when I was growing up it was kind of more of a a sign of being fantastic if you only needed five hours sleep you know that was you're a hero (laughs) whereas now you know health wise we we really understand that sleep is is just number one for health and this can be uh, an area for for menopausal women that can be very difficult uh, to manage because if we're not sleeping it just has a knock-on effect on every aspect of our life uh, from weight management to stress management to hunger you know if you haven't been sleeping your body will crave carbohydrates and it you know it wants those quick release sugary refined carbohydrates it actually increases our hunger hormones when we're, we're tired so it has a knock-on effect of, of detrimental uh, aspects on, on your health and what can we do for sleep it, again you you really have to look at what do what do i do two hours before i go to bed am i you know on my phone am, am i watching television that's stimulating me uh, am I doing stressful things am I going to the gym because all those things will stimulate you and stimulate your brain and they can make it hard for you to fall asleep because we need there's a sleep hormone called melatonin and this hormone is 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 what we need it, it tells us okay now you now it's bedtime uh, now we need to sleep and if you're doing all these stimulating things and you have this light, this constant bright light uh, in your eyes, you you won't produce this hormone. Again, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy to suddenly change everything, but just try implementing small changes like an hour before you go to bed, do something calming, sit and read a book, uh, chat with your family, 
have a, a, a bath. A wonderful thing to do is uh, have a bath with Epsom salts. They're, they're very high in magnesium and magnesium is, I, I just love magnesium. It's, it's the, certainly the friend of a, a menopausal woman. Uh, and we, we see that people in general, are, we're, we're deficient in, in magnesium because magnesium is needed for so many body uh, bodily chemical processes in the body. And what Epsom salts do is that they're high in magnesium. And when we bathe in them, our body can actually absorb them through the skin. And magnesium is so calming. So it's a wonderful thing to do before you go to bed. Really uh, a, a very nice. If you have the opportunity, if you've got a bath at home, that's a, a really good uh, thing to do. It's an excellent tip. I've noticed when I'm at some of the health food stores, some of the calming medicine is just magnesium. And yeah. so if you can take a bath with Epsom salt and have it absorbed, then that certainly can explain why you get that calming effect. That's excellent information to have. No, I, I love it. Magnesium glycinate in particular as, as a supplement is uh, very calming, very good to take before you go to bed because it's, it really has that. There's many different forms of, of magnesium, but magnesium glycinate is the is the one that has this calming effect. Uh, and I know with clients that, that I work with have had real problems with sleep. They, they find that very beneficial uh, just to take an hour before bedtime. Yeah, that's, that is significant um, for many reasons, but one reason being that I recently had a guest on who talked about the research showing that some of the sleeping aids, ladies who take them regularly have a higher risk of developing dementia. And mm -hmm. so if one can gradually get off of the sleeping aids with the assistance of their physician, and I just stopped cold turkey, they've been on it for a while, that could potentially impact their future risk of having something significant. So knowing about the magnesium and these other tips to help one sleep, those tips could actually help a lot of people get off of medicinal remedies um, to help them sleep and have a profound impact on their lives. Yeah, I think sleep for me when when I work with clients is is something it's, it's very high up on the list to to get right because it if someone starts to sleep better they feel better in general in every aspect of their life and I'm not a physician um but I recommend to my clients that if they're really suffering from a, a lot of these menopausal symptoms would be to to go to a, a physician a doctor and and discuss it's not for everybody but discuss hormone replacement therapy because that is you know i was saying you've got all these parts you've got the nutrition the lifestyle the mindset you know that part all, also comes in because hormone replacement therapy even though it's quite a controversial subject you know, it has been shown to improve sleep for some women. Uh, and, and like I say, it's so important that these women get help. And that may be just the piece missing if it is something that is suitable for you. Knowledge is power, isn't it, really? I think, you know, you, you can decide yourself. But once you've got all the information in front of you, you then can make an informed decision of what you want to do. Um, it's most important for people to get information 
and then they can see what does and doesn't work for them. And for instance, for me, my favorite lunch is shelled edamame smothered with extra virgin olive oil and a little bit of salt on the top. So that's delicious. When I finish talking to you, I'm going to go and get some. But, um, you know, just knowing what your options are, because once you're well informed, you can make better choices. But when you don't know, you don't understand what's going on. You don't know the safe things to do to improve the quality of your life. You're kind of just out there trying to try to figure out what to do. So you're right. Knowledge is power. And it's amusing that on the other side of the world from us in America, I'm, I'm in the U.S., people say the same thing, but it is it is a universal fact. Knowledge is power. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know what it's like in the U.S. Anne, at, at the moment, but in, in Europe, there's there's a menopausal revolution going on. You know, women, it, it started with a few celebrities doing documentaries on television. And this just triggered off this kind of women we're like, we haven't been getting help. Nobody's been talking about menopause. This enough is enough. And it's fantastic because all of a sudden, you know, authorities and, and everyone have had to take notice. So women and menopause has really, really started to come to the the forefront and, and all the information about hormone replacement therapy, nutrition in the workplace, they're putting in policies to help women uh, going through perimenopause and menopause that's incredible yeah so it's it's fantastic I mean there's there's a long way to go but it's starting to happen and I think I saw a an article in the New York Times there was something in in the U.S. that we, I saw great it's starting now in the U.S. because this was also on the same subject that why don't we talk about this more these women need help so it's it's really positive that this is ha- this is happening well you have given some tremendous information to the viewers today is there anything else you'd like to share yes um i just would like to say that just ask for help because this this is a, a natural transition i think when when we think of the menopause it still has this slight negative thing attached that's negative hour attached to it and just think of it it's a total natural process but suffering isn't you know this is just a phase in a woman's life that is is totally natural. But if you're suffering and really struggling, reach out and, and ask for help because you really don't need to suffer. There are so many things and so much help out there. And and I think I, I just breaks my heart to think of so many women uh, not talking about how they're feeling and, and not getting the support and the help that they need during this time. Um, because we only have one life, don't we? And, and the, the, when we become older, and you have that go into post post menopause, and and hopefully will will live, you know, thirty plus years. You should be thriving and enjoying yourself, and you know, older women we're so much wiser and 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 fabulous, and it should be a a, a time in your life where you you should be having having a ball. So again, thank you so very much for all of your invaluable information. How would you want viewers to reach you? 
I think the best way to to contact me is through my website. Uh, on my website, there's all uh, information of my. So I'm on all social media. Uh, there's also resources page there which you can download. There's lots of ebooks on different uh, menopausal conditions with nutritional uh, advice and recipes and meal plans, etc. Uh, my website is alisonblard.com. So that's Alison uh, and Blard is B-L-A-D-H dot com. So and if anyone's got any questions, please feel free to, to email me. I'm more than happy to answer. Sounds great. And at the end of this interview, I'm going to post this information as well so people know exactly how to reach you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.